You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Today on the ZabeCast, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions yet again. But what might have been the best Super Bowl ever was marred by an unfortunate call at the end. Was it right? We'll discuss. How'd you like the commercials? How about the halftime show? Why was the field so slippery? And can Jackson Mahomes be more annoying if he tried? All that, plus more in this better late than never post-Super Bowl 57 edition of Uncensored Me. So buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Monday, February 13th, 2023. Thank you for downloading. I am under the weather, still jet-lagged, but I am here. A little bit late with the Monday edition of the podcast. Just me for the next 30 minutes. Get my thoughts out of the way. No doubt there will be more that comes out in the days to follow. But let's first start by giving proper credit to the champs. The Kansas City Chiefs are an absolute unit. They are an incredible organization with the magic biracial unicorn, Patrick Mahomes, who continues to etch his greatness Onto the league. Deserving champions, and they ain't going anywhere for quite some time. Even as the years go on and Travis Kelsey slows down, there's no easy replacement for a guy like that. He's harder to replace than Tyreek Hill was. They they sort of borrow, they put piece some guys together, and they made it work. They didn't have the -the over-the-top element. Uh, They didn't have Mecole Hardman for this game. But they went short game, quick game, and the Chiefs are just good at whatever they do. I mean, they basically got run over by the Buccaneers defense two years ago. Embarrassed. Only scored nine points. Their O-line was in tatters coming into the game. That was a known issue. 
And they pretty much reinvested, rebuilt the whole thing. Zero sacks. Apparently in the second half, there's 230 yards available to the Chiefs on the you know possessions they had from the field position where they got it. And they gained 221 of those available 230 yards. No penalties, no turnovers, no sacks allowed. I mean, what a masterful performance by the whole team. Andy Reid was a scheming genius. To scheme open, walk in, nobody's there, easy touchdowns at the goal line. Do you know how many teams in the red zone cannot throw it into the ocean from the end of the pier? And here's Andy Reid going, okay, let's try this. Boom, done. He gets uh, Kadarius Tony wide open on a little uh, pivot route. Does the same thing, just flip the formation. This time, it's to Sky Moore. Must be nice. Worthy champions, and the Eagles gave them all they could handle. The Eagles had multiple chances to put their foot on the Chiefs' neck, and they couldn't do it. Up 10 at half. Had a chance to convert on fourth down late driving for what would have been a touchdown to put them up 10. They settled for a field goal to go up six. Obviously, that was a huge stop at that point for Kansas City. They had a fum six recovered for a touchdown. Don't! That could have been, I mean, if they had kept driving the way they were, that's a 14-point swing right there. And then there was the call, which we're going to get to. But all hail the Chiefs, deserving champs. Yes, they got the call when they needed it to keep them, well, I wouldn't say keep them alive, but it ended the game, basically. That's the thing. In the, in the two weeks, the last two weeks, the last two games for Kansas City, a flag essentially ended the game in their favor. I don't want to say it gave them the game because the game is comprised of you know almost 100 plays. In total. And so therefore, you know, you don't just say one play gave them the game, but it definitely helped determine the outcome because of the penalty. In fact, as soon as that penalty was called, I said on Twitter, I go, game's over. Game's over. And of course, they did the right thing by, oh, you're going to let us in the end zone. What if there's a way to pick a guy keep him from going down and drag him into the end zone. Like, ah, no, no. you're getting in here because we need the ball back no matter what. We don't care if you go for two to go up eight. We need the ball more than we need time. All hail the Chiefs. Second Super Bowl championship in the last four years. More probably to come. Andy Reid is not retiring anytime soon, despite the fact that – um Terry Bradshaw seems to want him to retire so much. To which I wanted to go up to Terry and go, why don't you fucking retire? You're the one who stinks. Uh, But he just kept hammering that. What more is there to do? What more is there to do? Keep doing it. Andy Reid is living his best life. He's loving what he's doing, and he's really fucking good at it. So, yeah. I would say uh, keep doing what you're doing. So, uh, the Chiefs are worthy champions. Now, let's talk about the call. Yes, James Bradbury admitted it was a hold on the quick whip route, they call it, to get Juju Smith-Schuster open to get a first down on third down and 10. 
It was technically a hold. It was a hold in a training seminar for referees in August. And it was a hold probably at their own 30 in the second quarter of a week seven game. But no fucking way do I want that call to hold with the game on the line, 35-35, Super Bowl. I am not one of these literalists who's like, if it's a foul, it's a foul. You got to call it. Oh, do you? How many other grabs and holds and possible penalties were either not called, missed, or otherwise let slide during the course of the game? The answer is undoubtedly many. Four, five, six, seven, probably a dozen. You could have said, that looks like a hold. That looks like an illegal hands to the face. That looks like it could be a clip. In the NFL, the three big ones are PI, holding, unnecessary roughness. They are the three penalties that have the biggest impact on games and have the widest realm of judgment involved. So I believe when games are coming down to it, just like in the AFC Championship game on the uh, unnecessary roughness, I don't think you had to call that. I don't think they should have called that because it determined the outcome of the game. On this play, it wasn't nearly enough of a hold. In fact, uh, John Kuhn on our station in Milwaukee said that Mahomes was essentially throwing the ball away, that that was a improvised play, that that was not a out and up to the corner of the end zone. It was a, okay, I'm going to try to break out. If I get open, then we'll throw for a first down and get out of bounds. Otherwise, we're not going to the end zone on this. It was a throwaway. That's what Kuhn said. Now, Kuhn played in the NFL. He might know a thing or two. He might be full of shit. Who knows? But no, I don't believe in the, if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. There is no such thing. Lots of things live in the gray. And when a game is coming down to it, when a Super Bowl is tied at 35-35, the last thing you want is to have Johnny referee go, well, you know, they told us in that seminar I took back in April that restricting a wide receiver's movement, especially coming out of a break with a small tug of the jersey or perhaps a hand around the waist, that's a penalty. So, all right, I did my job. I'm going to be graded great. That's the problem. The problem is these referees are overgraded, I would say. That they're in absolute mortal fear of being graded, well, you didn't call that. If it's a tackle, if it's a clear and blatant interference call, of course you should call it. And you might say, well, what about, does this mean that you think it was a good no call on Nickel Roby Coleman of the Rams when he waylaid Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Morrison, Tommy Lee Shepard, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, it was someone. Do I think that that was a good no call? No, that that call sucked. They totally missed that one. They're different. It's not a universal thing. It's a how egregious was it? And this call was not egregious enough. It marred what would have been maybe the greatest Super Bowl of all time. And it robbed us of what would have been an electrifying final minute and 48 seconds. Imagine giving the ball back to Hertz and the Eagles, a minute 45, and the length of the field to go. And uh, two timeouts. Oh, by the way, more on the timeouts in just a quick second. So that was frustrating. I sat in silence, just stunned, like, I, I, I can't, fuck, fuck, this game is over. It's over. I didn't want it to be over. 
I thought we might be going to overtime. I was like, yeah, give me another slice of pizza. I don't care if it's cold. I'm ready. Instead, it's over. And that sucks. That's not how I like my sports officiated. I want calls in the final minutes in football, in basketball, the two most subjective of sports. Hockey, put that aside. By the way, it's hard to get, really hard to get an overtime power play in a Stanley Cup playoff game. You better murder somebody to get one of those. I want in basketball and football, I want fouls to be absolute murders at the end of games to be called. Oh, and Duke got screwed on a on another egregious foul at the rim at the buzzer that they looked at with replay and still got it wrong and then had to issue an apology after the game going, yeah, we should that should have been a foul. <laughs> so much for replay, huh? But anyway, it's like the game was like the perfect date. Maybe what you'll have tomorrow night for Valentine's Day with your boo or your bae. And the wine is perfect. The food is perfect. The atmosphere is perfect. You're having a great conversation. It's flowing, you're gazing into her eyes. You're maybe even rubbing her leg and her, her, her stocking there under the table. You pervert. And then all of a sudden, a homeless guy somehow comes in off the street, breaks into the restaurant, runs through the restaurant, his junk all flapping around, smelling like ass, smelling like the streets, has to be tackled by security and the wait staff. They finally, after some commotion, get him out of the restaurant. Now, how was your dinner? Was it still great? Or can you just put that aside and go, ah, oh, you know what? I don't even remember that part of it. I just remember how great the night was. It kind of ruined it. Kind of. Unfortunate. As I said in Twitter, the worst ending since the Seinfeld finale. We were robbed of what would have been an amazing final minute 48, and we were robbed, sort of like Lieutenant Dan was robbed of his destiny by Forrest Gump, who dared to save his ass in the jungles of Vietnam without any legs, because he wanted to die in the battlefield like his dad did, like his grandfather did, like his great-great-grandfather did. You robbed me of my destiny. The damn referees robbed us of a great final two minutes. Which brings me to cut three timeouts. Earlier in the second half, the Eagles did not call a timeout to avoid a delay of game on third down and 11 at about the 42. They faced a third and 16. I think they didn't convert and they had to punt. Greg Olson, who is going to be replaced by Tom Brady, who may or may not be any good. I know he can't be $37.5 million good because that's what they're paying him. I bet they're paying Olsen no more than 2 or $3 million a year, which is still a hell of a job, but hell of a salary. But he's good, Greg Olsen, at that price. There's no way Brady is 10 times better than him. Greg Olsen smartly said, hey, the Eagles and Sirianni are smart for not wasting timeouts in the second half on things like delay a game. But then later on, deeper into the second half, on third down and nine, closer to the goal line, they were going to get a penalty and they called a timeout to avoid a uh, five-yard penalty and they wasted one of their three timeouts. And boy, did that come down to cost them, didn't it? Because otherwise... They've got 48 seconds on the clock and only a field goal needed to tie the game. Tons of time, relatively speaking. Would have been great. That's why if it was me, 
from a pure strategy standpoint, I would literally lock up my timeouts in an ironclad case. If they were actual coupons, you had to turn in for a timeout. I would never use them until three minutes or left. Never. They're coupons for time. That's all they are in the second half. They're the most important things, and you have to have all three. Having two is better than one, one better than none, but three enables God mode. And you can be God, and you can stop the clock three times in a row, which is the number of possessions in a series of downs, very important, and get the ball back with only maybe 15 seconds burned off the clock. You have no timeouts, and a team runs three plays. They take 40 plus 40. That's a minute, 20, two minutes, two whole minutes off the game clock. That's what timeouts are for. Sirianni will probably learn from this, maybe learn from this. Who knows? Eagles played well, not well enough. Uh, tons of missed chances, had, a, had an ability to step on their neck multiple times. Uh, Mahomes' ankle, that's another thing we got to talk about. Mahomes is not only ridiculously talented, but he's still in that young, dumb, made-out-of-rubber phase of being a player where he's had multiple foot injuries, foot, ankle, whatnot, uh, over the course of the last several years, and he's bounced back admirably, incredibly, at times from all of them to still be pretty damn effective. Now, I think at halftime they shot him up with some good stuff. Who knows what, but it was some good stuff for sure. And he made this 26-yard scramble, broke the Eagles back at just the point in the game where you're like, oh my God, how's he doing this on a bad ankle? After the game, Mahomes said all the right things. I like the cut of his jib much more than Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, with this whole wrestling angle where he's shouting into the camera, Nobody thought we'd be here. Next time you hear the Chiefs say something, you better believe it. Put some respect on our name. Okay, great. You're auditioning for the WWE. Anyone can do that. Are you not just happy you won? Can you not just talk about what a great team and what a great band of brothers you are? Some people, though, will say, ah, you're just being an old man, shaking your fist at the clouds. No, I'm, I just that doesn't resonate with me. That is not what I like. If you like it, that's great. It's cheap. It's anyone can do it. It's it's putting the focus externally. Why if there are if there are haters out there, and as Taylor Swift taught us, haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Ignore them. Your revenge is up there on the scoreboard. It's in the confetti that is falling in your hair. It's in the trophy you're holding above your head. You don't need to do all that other stuff. Mahomes is not cut that way. His sister, or his, I'm sorry, his brother and his wife, oh, they are. And the question I asked on my poll question on Twitter was, will Patrick Mahomes become universally hated like Brady was if he wins too much? A, yes, if he wins too much, people always turn on somebody who seemingly wins too much in this country, or at least in sports. B, no, he's well-grounded, and I don't think it'll ever get there. Or C, don't worry, Jackson Mahomes will take all the heat away from him. Jackson Mahomes, by the way, is 22 years old. 
So I guess you can use his age as a bit of an excuse. He is a marketing major at Missouri, apparently, has over a million TikTok followers, and seems to have absolutely no discernible talent, creativity, or skill set whatsoever. I don't know what he is other than annoying. And the fact that there was a short video clip of Mahomes being interviewed after the game and in the background, literally his brother is doing these like dance moves and then hitting his phone like, okay, stop. That wasn't any good. Recording TikToks. Oh my God. (sighs) What are you going to do? The brother got all the talent. He got all the athletic ability. His younger bro, he loves him, I'm sure. Maybe he'll go on to be a brilliant new age digital social media marketing titan. Maybe he'll build a company on the very marketing being done by young kids today on these social media apps. I don't know. But right now, it seems like Jackson Mahomes is just water skiing behind the giant wake of his uber-talented brother. Also, the organizational strength of the Chiefs shown through in this one in that they made the hard call to get out of the uh, Tyreek Hill business, to get draft picks back in exchange, and to not overpay for a unique talent in Tyreek Hill, Tyreek down there somewhere, and put their investment, put their assets they get back in that trade somewhere else like the offensive line. That is a hard call to make. You have to be able to be committed to it. You have to say, look, this is going to be quite unpopular. There is a shit ton of number 10 Hill jerseys floating around Kansas City, Missouri, etc. But guess what? We're going to make this call. We're going to move on. It may not work, but this is the best course for the organization. They made that move. Also, this guy, Brett Veach, their GM, brings in Kadarius Tony who had become an absolute seeming shitbag malcontent with the Giants, who couldn't get on the field. And he has a big punt return that almost goes for the first punt return for a touchdown in Super Bowl history. That's a hell of a stat right there, isn't it? And he made big plays for them throughout the postseason. And you say to yourself, well, fuck. What, what did the Giants do wrong? What, why was it not working for them? In a, especially the Giants did not have any playmakers. And I guess it's we'll probably never know the full truth, but good GMs on good teams like this can take a guy who's a bit sideways, who's a bit a little bit of a risk. And when you bring him into a good team with good leadership, good organization, oftentimes the somewhat wayward screwball or periodically bag of shit player who's talented will look around and go, wow, I'm actually in a good spot here. I should probably... Pay attention to what they're saying. I should probably maybe, you know, straighten out and fly right for just a bit. And the NFL is replete with guys who have been molded into that. Hell, remember when Randy Moss was seemingly at the end of his career? I think he played for the Titans before he played for the Patriots. I'm going to look that one up right now, if you don't mind. Randy Moss, pro football reference. You can't do the podcast while typing in into that. Not that good at uh, two-track minding it. Uh, No, he was in Oakland. 29 years old, in Oakland, Randy Moss had seemingly burned out his last bit of his candle. And the Patriots pick him up and they go, you know what? (laughs) With Brady, I think you're going to be great. 
Randy Moss went last year in Minnesota, 49 catches, 60 catches the following year in Oakland on 123 targets. Oof, that's quite a split right there. Um, and then 69 catches, or excuse me, he went 49, 60, and then 42 catches in the three years prior to going to the Patriots. And then he went 98, 69, 83 catches the next three years with 23 touchdowns in that 98 catch, almost 19-0 perfection year. 11 touchdowns the next year, 13 the next. Holy shit, look at that production. Anyway, point is, good teams, strong leadership, can take on a guy who might be a bit of a sideways bag of shit for another team and get them to really produce because they go, well, I'm in a good spot. I should probably pay attention to leadership here and fall in line and I could actually do something pretty good. So kudos to Brett Veach and the Chiefs. They're doing it right. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Let's talk Andy Reid for a second. So... Bradshaw's badgering him to retire. He also said, hey, Andy, come on and waddle over here when interviewing him on the podium. What the fuck was that all about? Also, Chris Berman, when interviewing Mahomes, said something about the fact that he was the first ever African-American dual starting quarterback Super Bowl. Appropriate because it's on Abraham Lincoln's birthday, February 12th. Wow, okay. Weird, awkward, but fine. Yeah, got it. Andy Reid is just that good. Currently atop the pile above Belichick, best coach in the NFL. Doesn't seem to be tiring of it. He's had a lot of personal family tragedy. Put another one on the board for Big Red. Now let's talk about the halftime show. It was, if you like Rihanna, Great. They opened, she opened with, bitch better have my money. But instead it was redacted. 
Better have my money. Redacted. Better have my money. No, 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 no. That's, it doesn't hit the same. You're telling me a halftime show in which Rihanna literally took her hand and then wiped it on her hoo-ha right in front of the camera and then gave it a taste. And that these backup dancers in perfect unison got down in a uh, suplex pose and hip thrust, hip thrust, hip thrust into the air seductively and suggestively. You're telling me that the NFL got squeamish over bitch? If you're going to open with bitch, better have my money, my favorite Rihanna song, then you got to let her sing it the way it's supposed to be sung, for God's sakes. Because it doesn't hit the same. It's like saying, you know, it'd be nice if you were to pay me back pretty soon, you know, for that money you owe me. It's not the same. But if you like Rihanna, she apparently killed it. Uh, she apparently killed it. I Was she lip syncing? I don't know. Yes, she was pregnant, obviously. That was a big reveal. Very simple stagecraft, just the floating platforms and a bunch of dancers. I kind of like my halftime shows with a bit more stagecraft to them, if you will. Katy Perry at this Super Bowl in 2015, eight years ago, came out on a giant lion, which was pretty damn cool for her song Roar. But it was simple. It was Rihanna. There was no guest musicians along the way. She played as many of her many, many hit songs as possible. And if you like Rihanna, you love the halftime. The commercials. There were some good ones in there. I especially liked the commercial by Workday about stop calling people rock stars at work. (laughs) One of the most annoying things about modern corporate jargon to pump people up shamelessly just to try to make it feel good. Oh, yeah. Go talk to Andrea in accounting. She's a rock star. Yeah? How so? Oh, you, you file your expense report with her? She'll have that thing done by the end of the day. It'll be in your next paycheck. She's a rock star. This is our rock star this, our rock star that. Stop it already. (laughs) This is what corporations and bosses do to avoid paying you more. Or in order for you to forget about the fact that they're, you know, sometimes, not my bosses, of course, but sometimes mindless jackasses who shirk responsibility and constantly break all the rules that they set for everyone else in the workplace. They make it up by going, hey, Bill, he's a rock star when it comes to closing accounts. No, shut up. So that was a good commercial. I liked as well the Breaking Bad throwback commercial. Now, I need to do some research on this after I take a monster nap to try to feel better. It looked to me like there was a lot of AI digital sort of technological voodoo going on with that commercial because all the actors, Brian Cranston and uh, the guy who played Jesse Pinkman and the guy who played Tuco Salamanca looked just like they did in the original scenes of that iconic series. And there's no way, given the fact that the series ended in 2013 and some of the scenes that uh, I think the scenes that they pulled from there were from the early part of the series, so it would be 2009, I'm guessing, or maybe 2008. No way that the actors looked the same. 
age is undefeated. So there had to be some digital stuff going on. And I think somebody told me that the actor who plays Tuco is dead. So, yeah. It was for these new puffy popper things from Doritos. Doritos, if you do nothing else with this podcast today, they're not listening. Okay, if Doritos were to hear this. If you don't make your new flavor barbecue Doritos, which I found when I got home from the airport at my local convenience store, 7-Eleven gas station, because I had to get gas. I'm like, oh, oh, they got it. I was going to all kinds of Circle K's and quick trips with a queue out in the desert to try to find these things. It's in a dark charcoal colored bag. Barbecue Doritos. They're spicy. They got, a, they got a bit of a kick to them on the front end. They've got a savory, sweet back end finish. And you blend that with that flavoring, which you normally only get on a potato chip. And you put it on corn, toasted corn from the Doritos, from the Doritos company. For Frito Lay Doritos? Who makes uh, Doritos? Does, does Doritos mix? Who makes Dorito, Doritos? Frito-Lay. It is Frito-Lay. It's an unbeatable flavor. It's got to be one of their staples going forward. Please don't make this a one-time thing. Forget about these puffed Doritos. Ah, Nobody needs that. They need barbecue. That's the flavor. Make it permanent. And if you want one to get rid of, get rid of the spicy nacho. It's barely different than the regular nacho. It really is. And I see the spicy nacho in the darker red bag everywhere I go. Replace that with barbecue. Now we're talking. Guaranteed 18% sales increase year over year. I guarantee it. So yeah, there, there were some good commercials. I need to go back and watch them again. Uh, I got home late because the uh, good folks at American Airlines couldn't quite hit a three-hour window that I thought it would have landing in D.C. from Phoenix. One thing compounded into another. The flight was late to start. Then the crew wasn't there on time and at Sky Harbor. And then uh, the bags took forever, blah, blah, blah. So I missed the first quarter. Got to watch that again. Got to watch the commercials again. I was on my phone a lot. God, you know, between this text string that I'm on with the boys and Twitter, excuse me, and getting up to go to the bathroom every now and then, it's hard to see everything. But there you go on that. Uh, What else do I have to talk about on my rundown? Waste management. Let's talk about that for a quick second. So I went to waste management. I cannot thank Von Hallauer enough. I think I'm saying your name right correctly. I, I, I quickly dubbed him Von Helsing. Anyway, his company had passes for the infamous 16th hole at Waste Management. The stadium hole there, the rowdy, everyone's drinking beer, throwing beer, dousing themselves in beer. It's a party. It's like Happy Gilmore on steroids. They keep building that stadium there. Bigger, bigger, bigger. Taller, taller, taller. Used to be one level. Now it's four. It's incredible seeing it in person. So thank you to Vaughn for getting me that ticket. I went on Saturday, even though I normally would not have because I fell ill on Friday night. I could feel a cold coming on, and I've got it now. And I felt like shit on Saturday. But I said, I am not going to say, oh, I can't come. I'm sick. You know, it's a 
I think he said that the uh, passes were going for $600, the wristbands for the 16th hole. And I don't doubt it. So I went, I saw it was a engineering marvel. It was a absolute testament to corporate and sporting excess. And I am here for it. As the kids like to say, there's not a damn thing wrong with the 16th hole. But I thought it was a touch overrated. I did. I thought it was a touch overrated. Now, again, all of my perceptions have to be taken with a grain of salt because I, I was there alone uh, with, with Vaughn, of course. I went to meet Vaughn there. So it wasn't like me with a big group of guys. And I was sick and I didn't drink. So, yeah, that probably colors my perception of the whole. Here's where I think it it's not as exciting as maybe you think it would be. The people never get quiet before the shots, which would add a lot of tension if you had a stadium of 20,000 fans who while blah, 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 talking, 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 drinking, 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 talking, 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 and then, okay, here comes a group. Ah! Like there wasn't the big gladiator pop coming into the stadium for the players that I thought there would be. They just sort of walked in as all the din was going on. And then because it didn't get quiet beforehand, it was just a constant, steady sort of noise. And of course, the Thunderbirds there who run the tournament were holding up their silly quiet please signs as they're about to hit. And I'm like, just put those down. Nobody's being quiet, okay? It was okay. The hole itself, I think, is an average hole. Uh, There was a near hole-in-one on Saturday once I had already left because, of course, I was ale-theoring it. Uh, ale theorying it. God, I felt terrible. And I had to walk two and a half miles to get to my car. <laughs> two and a half miles. Fun times. Um, I left. And of course, Adam Hadwin, who almost had a hole in one last year. Or no, did he have the hole in one last year? No, it was uh, Sam Ryder and Carlos Ortiz. He almost has a hole in one. And they start throwing beer. John Rahm follows his near hole-in-one with a birdie of his own, Arizona State product. They love him there. They throw beer. Boo. Boo. I don't mind throwing beer on the hole and then having to wait to clean it up and get the cups and the bottles away, but it's got to be for a hole-in-one. We can't lower the standards now where it's like, oh, guy we like made a birdie, throw a beer. That's where I draw the line. I'm not anti it, but yeah. So 250,000 people go on Saturday, about 60,000 go on Sunday. Had I stayed to Sunday, I was supposed to go. It would have been a much better viewing experience if you like golf and want to watch golf. Most of the people who go on Saturday don't watch nor like nor give two shits about golf. They go, they go to be seen, they go to drink, and if they catch some golf incidentally, so be it. And they're happy paying whatever the ticket prices are to go on Saturday at 250,000 spectators. I don't think you're really growing the game a whole lot by that because many of the people that go there don't know the first thing about golf and don't give a shit. But it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a great run tournament. But the 16th hole, it's not better than the 16th at Augusta. It's not better than Sawgrass 17 for the TPC. That's my stance, and I'm sticking with it. Finally, UFOs. Are they finally here? Well, this has been an exciting week, hasn't it? Chinese spy balloon, a couple other balloons that uh, have been shot down, unspecified in nature, and now this octagonal 
UFO that the government says our beloved Pentagon has not given us much information on. They said it's octagonal. They said they had there was like strings hanging from the side of it, but without a payload. And they, according to one report, they were not sure of the propulsion mechanism that was keeping it aloft at about 20,000 feet in the air. Is there a photo of this, a clear photo from a government airplane, drone, fighter jet asset? No, there's not. Really? Do you have the wreckage of it yet? Well, we're working on that. We shot it down over Lake Huron. Uh, where we got crews working to find the pieces. Okay. If it's me, and if I was operating a fully transparent government, which ha, 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 we all know is not the case, I would send up not a fighter jet to just sidewinder this thing out of the air. I would send up a slower moving plane that has better surveillance, better video-taking capabilities, of which we have, I'm sure, we have a plane that would fit that bill, and I would have it circle said flying object at an appropriate distance, maybe a 1,000 feet. Zoom in, get some high-res images, and then once you take a good look at it, see what it might do once you fly a plane around it, you know, maybe go up there with both the fighter jet in the area and this plane to take a good look at it because if it's truly a UFO and you truly don't know how is this thing flying and you just send up an F-16 to go yeet it right out of the sky with a sidewinder and then you hope to find the pieces in the bottom of Lake Huron? Right. Okay. File this one under I'm skeptical. At the moment. Is my skin tingling just a little bit? Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't. I mean, fuck, this could be it. And you might say, well, look, anyone, any civilization capable of reaching us through the long, dark, intergalactic void would not send something that is so easily plucked out of the sky by our primitive you know, technology that can't travel between these long distances that we know. There's no actual life. There's nothing going on. We can look out into the darkness and see nothing's going on. They wouldn't send little probes that are so easy to be knocked out of the sky. Or would they? Maybe they're like, all right, throw them some underhand pitches first. Let's just see how they do with this one. Okay, all right, shot out of the sky. Now throw them this. Now throw them that. And the good shit they got, hard shit, the kind of stuff that movies have been made out of for the last 50-plus years. Maybe that shit's coming. If so... I need to start digging a bunker quick, or I need to start being like Kent Brockman, who once said, I, for one, welcome our new alien overlords. All right, that's a wrap for me today. Thank you for being patient. And for the Bare Bones, Just Me Talking podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to take a big fat nap, rally, get a better show on tap for tomorrow, and I appreciate your patience on that. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time. Like